Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. In this episode, we're excited to feature a conversation by our one and only Ellen Belandante of Deity Animal Rescue in Los Angeles, our wonderful West Coast correspondent. Ellen, can you please tell us a little bit about this week's guest? Thanks, John. I am so excited to share the story of this week's guest. Lara Bazelon is a law professor at the University of San Francisco School of Law, where she directs the criminal and juvenile justice and racial justice clinics. She also is a writer whose work has been published in major news outlets like the New York Times, Washington Post, and Politico, and has written two books, Rectify, The Power of Restorative Justice After Wrongful Conviction in 2018, and the upcoming legal thriller, A Good Mother, coming this May. Throughout her life, Lara has fallen both in and out of love with dogs. But during the pandemic, life changed for Lara and her two kids when a new furry friend came into their home. Hi, Lara. Welcome to Dog Save the People. I am so excited to talk to you, as I feel your story is a unique take on pandemic puppy adoption stories that we have not heard before. But before we get into that, could you first please tell me a little about where you grew up and how dogs first came into your life? I grew up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm one of four children. My dad is a dog lover, and he grew up with a dog that he trained and took care of from a very young age and had throughout his childhood and way up until the time he went to college. And so he thought it was very, very important to have dogs. And and we did growing up always, I think. Mm -hmm. The first dog that we had when I was growing up was a small poodle. Her name was Gabby and she was a wonderful, wonderful dog. And unfortunately she was hit by a car and killed. So that was very sad. That was when I was about five. But actually the thing I remember the most is my mom saying her telling my dad and my dad crying. And since my dad almost never cried, that actually was almost like more devastating than anything else. What did you feel during that moment of seeing your dad so upset and vulnerable about losing his dog? I think it just drove home what I knew to be true, which was Gabby, our dog was really a member of our family and that we had lost a member of our family. After Gabby, you then continued to have other dogs in the family. Who were those dogs? Then we had an Airedale and then we had another poodle, a standard poodle. And then after that, my parents got a Weimaraner and that was the dog that was living in our house when I went to college. I had some difficult experiences when I was in law school and I came home at one point and I was very, very upset and I had just gotten a new puppy. And being with the puppy was just an incredibly healing experience for me. And I was so grateful to sort of be in a safe place and back at my house, but then also to have this little animal that gave so much love, but also needed to be taken care of. And it kind of took my mind off of my own emotional turmoil that I was going through at that time. And the dog got bigger. I would take the dog running with me. And I think that was also something that I really enjoyed. So it sounds like you were a total dog person, but I know that soon after that, 
something happened and dramatically shifted your opinion about dogs. Could you talk about how that happened? I guess like in my late twenties, early thirties, when I was living in LA and I just had some negative experiences with dogs. I didn't own one at the time. I I worked way too much and I lived by myself, but I would go running in this park that was near where I lived. And just a lot of people would let their dogs off leash. And some of them were big and snarly. And sometimes I would get chased. And then I just had this growing kind of antipathy towards them where I saw them as these kind of out of control animals that also were not really being disciplined. And I was kind of used to dogs really like listening to when their owners said, come and stay and heal. And then this one day, an owner's dog who was off leash bit me where I felt like, okay, I'm just done with dogs. I am so sorry to hear that. It's always a shock when a dog bite happens and it's the pet owner's responsibility to know the triggers and limitations of their dogs and responsible pet owners should know how to avoid those situations where their dog may become aggressive. That just didn't seem to be happening, at least not where I was going running in LA. Basically, I made this turn where I decided that I really didn't like dogs and I would even say I hate dogs. That's a pretty strong stance after having a connection with dogs growing up, but I can understand why you felt that way after going through that horrific experience. Did becoming a parent change your feelings towards dogs at all? My kids would beg and beg and beg for a pet and specifically a dog. They didn't want a hamster or a cat or a fish. They wanted a dog and I would just tell them no. And then along came COVID And that changed my mind because we were just so isolated and it was very cold and lonely out there in the world with not being able to interact with people and not being able to go very many places and not having a whole lot of interaction. And then I just felt really terribly for my kids that, you know, their childhoods were kind of being at least temporarily stolen or suspended because they couldn't see their friends and they couldn't go to school. And I felt like our family really needed a lifeline and something that would give us some purpose and some delight and also some structure and something to do with all of this time. And so I just sort of thought about it and I decided that we needed to get a dog. I am also a mother to a 13-year-old boy and canine kids, so I can relate to sitting there, looking into their eyes, and thinking, what can I do here right now to soften the blow in this world with everything that's going on? So I know where you were coming from. I really appreciate you saying that. That's very kind of you. It's funny because they hadn't asked, and as the words came out of my mouth, I kind of couldn't believe that I was saying them. Uh-huh. It did come from this place of wanting to give them something that was going to make them happy and feeling like as a parent in COVID, I was really failing them and wanting to, to do something to make up for all the things that they had lost. I know for my son, especially in these pandemic times, that having the pups around to run him around the yard having to go for walks, having somebody to read to, having somebody to sit with him while he's on Zoom school all day long, and having somebody to just kind of be there for therapy in these strange times that 
it's been so imperative. So I know your kids were thrilled. So originally I was going to, because I'm a lawyer, force them to sign a contract. (laughs) (laughs) That is brilliant. Oh my gosh. Saying that they had to do X, Y, and Z thing, even though, of course, I kind of knew I had no way to enforce it. I ended up not doing that. And then, of course, what ended up happening was that I took over most of the chores having to do with Kittle. Tell me about how Kittle came into your life started looking for animal shelters because I figured, oh, it'll be easy enough just to adopt a dog from a shelter. So we'll look at local shelters and we'll see what's there. And so I hadn't realized this, but everybody had had my same brilliant idea. And this really long line of people who wanted to adopt dogs. And in fact, there was really not a dog to be adopted. So the next thing that happened was that I was complaining to a friend of mine about how impossible this was. And she recommended this place that was in North Carolina. And I said, well, I can't go to North Carolina to go get a dog. And she Mm -hmm. said, no, no, no. They actually employ flight attendants who've lost their jobs and they'll fly out the dog to you. You just have to go pick the dog up at the airport. And I guess her sister had done this. So we went on the website and, and lo and behold, we found this picture of this puppy and the three of us just stared at it. And it was kind of love at first sight. And My son said, we're going to name him Kittle because he's obsessed with this football player named George Kittle. Uh (laughs) And I vacillated between denial, just basically pretending that it was not happening and dread because I knew that it was, and that actually I had brought the whole thing about and into motion. And now I was going to have a dog, even though I hated them. The day that we, we got Kittle, my kids were beside themselves all day. And I cannot even explain what kind of joy it was to hold Kittle in my arms and and to have my kids hold Kittle and just all of a sudden know that we had this new person in our lives who was just going to make us really happy. And we actually had no idea. I mean, as my ex-husband says, you hit the jackpot. What kind of dog is Kittle? So he's a Bichapoo. He's half Bichon Freeze half poodle. He's white with these big brown spots and brown ears and a long white tail and these huge brown eyes. He was really scared. He was obviously away from his family and in a completely new place. And we hadn't realized how tiny he was and everything that we had was too big. Even the bowl, when he tried to put his head in the bowl, he was so small. The bowl was too deep for him and we had given him way too much food. I have to say that I can actually hear the emotion in your voice as you talk about, you know, this experience. What was that first night like when you brought him home? When it was time for him to go to bed, I followed all the instructions. We had gone to a puppy training class online and tried to be really diligent in learning how to be good owners. And so I had his crate and I put him in it and he just started crying and he just cried and cried and cried. And did that crying and keeping you up at night frustrate you? And were you having any regrets? I didn't mind. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of when I had brought my kids home from the hospital. It was kind of a similar thing. You put them down and then they start crying. So I, I took him out and I brought him into the living room and we sat on the couch and he cried a little more. And then I patted him and held him in my lap and he calmed down and we kind of stayed like that until he fell back to sleep. Even when, when they were babies and they would cry and it was the middle of the night and I would have to get up and I was so tired. I never resented them. I 
loved even that time with them. You're just very, very close to this other being and you're able to provide them with a kind of a love and a comfort that they can't get anywhere else. And it's a really special bond. I know exactly what you mean. There is a maternal nature that kicks in regardless as to whether they're human or canine kids. It's also interesting to me that you made this practical decision to get a family dog, even though you were still coping with your past trauma. After all of these years of being very judgmental about other dog owners and promising myself I was going to set all these boundaries with Kittle and always have him sleep in a crate, of course now he sleeps next to me in bed. And my favorite time of the day is when we wake up together in the morning and we're just lying there together and I'm patting him and I'm scratching him behind his ears and I'm talking out loud about what kind of a day we're going to have together and all the things that we're going to do. And it's just a beautiful, fantastic way to wake up. I know for me that coming home after a long trying day and having Chloe, my long-haired dachshund, jump up on my lap and just look up at me with her eyes just blinking with love, puts a cadence to my heart and takes away all the anxiety that I might be feeling about my day, about the world, about everything. I definitely think he's made me a better person. And I say that because I think it's really easy to be very self-pitying and self-centered generally as a human being, me personally, and also COVID just Uh making things feel horrible. And so because he kind of gives me this extra purpose and he makes me happy, I feel like I then have more to give to the other people in my life. And so I'm thinking that when it's time for me to go back to work, I'm going to try to work something out with the law school so that he'll be able to, to come to school. Because I think it will be very hard for him to spend any time by himself. But essentially having him as my companion when I'm here makes my life easier. And my favorite is when I'm just sitting at my computer and he kind of curls up at my feet and he just makes everything better. Is there anything that having a dog now as an adult, as a parent triggers for you? My relationship with Kittle allows me in some ways to be a kid again. And that's particularly true when Kittle and I are alone and I'm not performing my, my mother role and needing to be in it. I can be really silly and roll around with him on the carpet and do all of the things that I used to make fun of other dog owners for doing, but it's that joy and that kind of love for childlike play that having a puppy especially brings out in me. And it does remind me of my much, much younger self. And I really thought that self was gone, but in fact, it's there flickering inside of me and Kittle brings it out. How else has Kittle made an impact on your family overall? When they're in homeschool, he's basically by my son's side pretty much the entire day. Mm -hmm. So I think that part of it, just the companionship that he provides and the structure that he gives to our day where every day we know we have to take him for one long walk. And then I obviously take him for other shorter walks, I think is very helpful in giving us a structure and a sense of purpose. But one unexpected thing that Kittle did is I think he really is a bond for my ex-husband and and me. We get along well and we, we really always have, but for whatever reason, Kittle loves Matt more than anyone else in the world. And sometimes I actually find that really frustrating because I always (laughs) tell Kittle, he doesn't take care of you. He's not your mom, but Kittle 
just adores Matt. And so when Matt comes over to pick up the kids, Kittle goes absolutely crazy and just starts yipping and running around. And then when Matt leaves, he cries every single time. And so one thing that we've decided to do is for Kittle to have plenty of playdates at my ex-husband's house, because that way he can see his favorite guy and also spend more time with my kids. And I feel like it's been this unexpected benefit where it's something that we all as a family, even though we're not a quote unquote intact family, we're a quote, I guess, broken family. We really unite around the fact that we all think this dog is the greatest thing in the world. And so he's been a way for us to kind of re-knit ourselves and come back together as a family, which I think is also just a sweet thing. I love that you've come full circle from having dogs as part of your family when you were a kid. And now history has repeated itself only with you as the parent. So where can our listeners find you online and can they see Kittle? So I'm actually updating my website for my novel and it's larabazelon.com, L-A-R-A-B-A-Z-E-L-O-N. And then I'm on Twitter at Lara Bazelon. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, and I'm supposed to be on Instagram. Ella, my daughter, actually set up an Instagram for Kittle. I think it's called Kittle the Dog, and you can follow Kittle and his adventures. So yeah, I guess all over the place. Awesome. Thanks for giving us your time and telling us all about Kittle and your kids and you. I loved chatting with you. I love chatting with you too. Thank you so much for for interviewing me and for letting me come on. It was a real honor. Of course. I really enjoyed hearing from Lara about how her love for dogs was renewed from when she was a kid. Even though she had drifted apart from them, the love was still inside her, just waiting to be brought out again. It took a pandemic and wanting to bring a positive change for her kids to reconsider. And now dogs have become part of her family again, and she found the lifeline they were looking for. Thank you again, Ellen, for such a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. We're so happy to be sharing another great story from the West Coast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio. It is made with the support of executive producer Scott Benaglio and our producer and editor Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor Daniel Lampert for creating the music for the show. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review or rating. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at Dog Save the People, Facebook at Dog Save the People Podcast, and Twitter at Dog Save the PPL. We have a new gift shop on the DogSaveThePeople.com website with our first line of show merchandise that includes super soft t-shirts. We are also happy to say that the shirts from the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, have also been added to the DogSaveThePeople.com gift shop. Profits from these t-shirts will be going to support independent rescues and shelters. If you have any questions or submissions, you can reach out to us on our website or on social media or email us at dogsavethepeople at gmail.com. New episodes come out every other Tuesday, so see you next week for another episode from Dog Save the People. Thank you.